a special homebrew episode of... Brutal Battle. And it's not homebrew in the sense that we're going to start homebrewing and having it on the podcast. It's homebrew in the sense that we have some homebrews from people who know how to homebrew on this episode, and we're going to try them. So I had sent out a call, basically, on one of the past episodes for people to send in homebrews if they wanted us to taste them on here, because Peter Martins uh, had... He's from California. He had contacted us, sent an email, said that uh, he'd been listening to this podcast for about a year or so. Um, Not to brag, but he said that it was a nice break from listening to uh, the Brewing Network because of all their brewing stuff. That it was nice to kind of listen to this as kind of a break every now and then from more of just like a beer drinking Hmm, perspective. Yeah, so that was very nice of him to say. But he was saying, hey, I got an idea. What if you had a homebrew competition on the podcast. So I put out a call to see how many people would send in homebrew. We didn't get enough at all for a competition. Basically, Peter just sent in homebrew. I had some other people email and say, I'm interested, and I gave them the information on where to send it, but haven't seen those yet, but that's fine. So what I figure is, if people want to send homebrew at some point, you can just do that, and we'll just do these homebrew episodes as they kind of trickle in. So this is basically a new format. Now maybe it'll just be this one episode of it, or maybe we'll do a bunch of others. But the important thing is Peter Martins sent us two of his homebrews that he's been doing since the whole COVID thing happened. Oh, he's uh, new to homebrewing. No, no, no. I think he's been homebrewing oh, for a while. Okay. But he was saying that um, because of COVID... He's doing it more. Yes, people are doing a lot yeah. more batches. Now, one of my coworkers had thought about getting into homebrewing for a long time, Never did it until COVID happened, and then he was like, I'm at home all the time now. I guess this is a good time to start trying homebrew. So we'll probably get some of his homebrews at some point, and we'll do one of these for that. But um, I'm excited to jump into this. So the first two are the homebrews from Peter Martins. Then we have a third one, and we'll tell you what that one is when we get to it. And then we have a fourth one, and we'll tell you what that one is. So it is four four homebrews, three different homebrews people who have brewed them. Okay. So sounds yeah. good. So let's do the first one and I have the information on these two. Okay. Peter was really good. He sent a a very nice explanation of both the beers and what he did with them. So I'll read that before we try the beers, but I'm gonna pour them first. So the the first one is appropriately named COVID Pills. COVID Pills. And you can guess it's a Pilsner. Get that off there. Poor Rebecca song. Alright, there's a little COVID pills for you. Hopefully this is the only COVID we ever get. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Alright, so let me read the information on this and then we'll go over everything with it. Uh, He said about the COVID pills, it is 5.7% alcohol. He said it's 100% German Pilsner malt beer, bittered with magnum for the full boil, select splat, uh, select splat and sapphire hops, or, sorry, sapphire, sapphire hops used in the Whirlpool, cold conditioned for 30 days at 40 degrees Fahrenheit, dry hopped with sapphire for five days, then kegged, and he said your bottle was filled with the Blickman beer gun. Now, I know Blickman is a brand who makes a bunch of homebrewing equipment, but I don't really know the specifics of how the beer gun works. I'm assuming it's just a much easier way 
to fill uh, bottles with the beer. So anyway, let's get into the co- the COVID pills is what he's calling. Oh, the the. It's very clear. It's very clear. Very uh, yellow. There's a there's a slight slight haze to it when I look really closely, but it's that may even be a little bit of like a chill haze to it. But um, yeah, it looks really yellow. It's got some bubbles on the top, more on the larger side for those bubbles. It smells Ooh. good. It smells very clean. Very clean. Very crisp. I do get a little bit of that kind of skunk aroma on the nose. No, really? I'm not getting any. And I don't like that, but I have had that in lagers before. Most recently, we had it in the nose of that True Respite Bear Pilsner. Which you still keep talking about. Yeah, which I loved. I couldn't taste the the skunkiness, but I smelled it in that beer. So hopefully we don't taste it in this one, but I do smell it. But yeah, you said straw. I didn't, but I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, like straw, a little bit of honey to it. Yeah. I mean, it smells like a Pilsner. Yeah, it smells really easy, really refreshing, really light. It smells good. I'm I'm, uh, I'm interested. Ooh. Tastes good. There is a lot more going on on the mouthfeel than I was expecting from it based on the nose. It's interesting. So this is weird to me because when it first hits my hits my tongue... It comes off as being very light, like very thin, and then it like expands on my tongue almost. It becomes more viscous to me. And I think maybe part of that has to do with a flavor explosion that kind of happens after the initial sip, where it it is kind of a little bit watery the way it leads, and then it's just like flavor, yeah. like pops in. Pour me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I need more to taste. There's a nice bitterness on the end of this, too. I'm... Not expecting that bitterness, especially based off the nose. But, you know me, I do like a nice bitterness in a beer. So, flavor-wise, there's a decent amount of honey to it. Yeah, more honey on the taste than on the nose. Yeah, there's a decent amount of honey to it. It finishes with a significant bitterness, which at first was a little weird to me and it's slightly off-putting. But the more I'm drinking it, I'm kind of liking that finish to it. Oh, I don't think it's... Overtly better. It's decently better. There's, yeah, there's a lot more honey to it than I was expecting. Yeah. There's that straw as well, mm-hmm. which is coming in but very, more very honey. nicely. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot more flavor to this than I was assuming there would be based off the nose. I mean, it was smelling, everything I'm, I was smelling minus the skunkiness. Yeah, no skunkiness. Is in the flavor. Yeah. Um, very happy about that. No skunky flavor. That's wonderful. Uh, this is good. It's interesting. This is, I've not tasted a Pilsner like this before. Mainly because of what I was describing, where it's light, not that much flavor, and a little bit um, thin when it first hits your tongue. And then it just, like, blows up with, like, a mouthfeel and flavor to it. It's very interesting. Yeah, I've not experienced that before. But it's good. Actually... When, okay, I, I've taken, I don't know, like four or five sips of it now, and on the end, I'm actually getting like a slight um, citrusy hop flavor that's presenting yeah. itself. I think it becomes less bitter the more you drink it. That's true. And it, yeah, it's like the bitterness starts to come down as you drink it more, and that citrusiness just Comes starts up. to rise yeah. a little bit. I agree. 
actually rising out of not being there at all initially to, you know, being present. This is good. I do like this. Yeah. Yeah. I we'll do like this. I, you know, I wouldn't say like, oh man, this is, this is as good as like pony pills or something like that. But for a homebrewed lager, this is good. Mm-hmm. I, I really do like this. And just so people know, we're always very honest about the beers. Um, and even if we weren't, Peter actually said in the email to me, I want you to be honest about this. I want you to give me criticism. I want you to tell me what you actually like and don't like about this beer, basically. So we were going to do it anyway, but... I like everything. I mean, my only, like, I guess criticism, I, I wish there was more flavor. In what way? I guess a little bit more like the straw. Okay. I like it where it is, um... When I, when I was first, I think like my first two sips of it, I, I felt like I was getting a little bit of like a corn character in the flavor. Oh, really? Yeah. But then once I did my third sip and went even further, it morphed into, oh, that's not really tasting like corn anymore. It's more that's like strong honey kind of mixing with a bit of a straw note. So, interesting. That's good, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I do quite like it. I Sorry if, if I can't give any, like, real criticisms. Like, I like it. <laughs> I can't really. And the next one is a Hazy IPA. Yes. Yeah, so, the, the next one is, I think it's called Hop Haze. Let me pull up the picture. Hop Haze IPA. Let me pour it first, and then we'll talk about the specifics. Give you the deets on this one. Pour it Rebecca first, so she can start looking at it. There you go, Rebecca. All right. So Hop Haze says it is 7% alcohol. Uh, this is my first shot at using Kvike yeast. Oh. oh. Cool. We just had our first Kvike yeast beer very recently on the podcast. Heard your podcast where you tried your first one. If I would have sent this to you earlier, this would be your first. <laughs> Bummer. That's funny. Uh, malt build consists of two-row, Pilsner, Crystal 20, and white wheat malt. Beer fermented at 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Took only two days to fully ferment. That is fast. Uh, bittered with Magnum for the full boil. Citra, Galaxy, and Simcoe hops used at Whirlpool. Dry hopped with the same combo on day one of fermentation. Because, of the, because this hit final gravity so quickly, I lost a lot of the hop aroma during the dry hop. Bottle was filled with the Blickman beer gun. Again. Okay. So, uh, Citra Galaxy Simcoe. Sounds like a nice cocktail of hops. Okay. So, this looks very orange. Yeah. It is very orange. It looks like a t- typical IPA. A little hazy. Yeah. Not hazy. overtly hazy. But I think that also, like, there's stuff, there's more stuff sitting in the bottom since it's been sitting upright. It smells sour. Same thing with the pills. Doesn't it smell Does sour? It? Okay, I see, okay, I yeah, I see what you're saying. There is a little bit of something that smells sour-ish, but I think it's more of like, just smells like a fruit that has a sour note to it. Kind of like, it smells like a mix of orange and grapefruit. To yeah. Me. And a little bubble gum in the I think, finish. I know, I'm just going to get a little pineapple. Yeah. No, you're right. There's definitely pineapple to it. Do you get that bu- kind of bubblegum finish in the, in the smell? No. I get a bubblegum finish. I like it, though. 
there's this like crisp snap to the nose that goes through the entire experience of each sniff that I dig. Hmm. There's a little bit. So, okay. So you know how when you smell like menthol, it kind of has the tendency to kind of like you feel it move through your nostril. Yeah. The smell of this has like a kind of menthol, um, quality to it where like I feel it kind of moving you through. You feel it in your like the your chest. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good though. It smells good. It smells almost a little pulpy though too. Like that that orange and the pineapple and the um what else was the other one I was saying? Grapefruit. Grapefruit, that's right. Like it smells a little pulpy like there's some of that in there. Well I like the taste better than the nose. I don't really I don't care for the nose. Hmm. Oh I like the nose. I do like the taste too. It's coming off apricotty though. Um, it is. I was not smelling that, but I am tasting that. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. The only thing I'm not digging so much is it's a little bit thin on the finish. Of each sip, I feel like. It's got good viscosity up front. Mm-hmm. It's nice mouthfeel up, up front, but then it kind of transitions to being a little bit watery on the finish. But that's not, you know, killing the experience of the beer at all. I'm trying to see if I can suss out. There's a little I, bit of an earthiness to it. I just keep getting that, like, sour note that I just don't like. I don't know what that would be. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, there's, um, it's very apricot. But I am starting to get a little bit of an orange kind of peeking through while I'm continuing to sip on it. And like I said, there's kind of this little earthy character. It is. And it's one that I do associate with Simcoe a lot of the time. It's just got this kind of like spicy earth character to it. That's good. I like that. Maybe um, another thing, other than the, the finish of it, maybe, let, you know, like he said, a lot of, a bunch of the hop character dropped out on the beer, you know, for another batch of that, try and make whatever adjustments to try and keep more of that hop character in there, make it a little bit more juicy, because you can tell that it can be there based off of, you know, the smell and the flavor, but um, yeah, it, it does kind of drop off a little. Mm. But thanks, Peter. Yeah. I like that. Ooh, I took a much bigger sip to finish, well, a, a gulp to finish my what was in my glass. Grapefruit peel on that. And it was nice. It, it gave like an extra bitter kick, and it was like grapefruit peel. I did enjoy that. Mm. So thank you, Peter. And yeah. you are the reason that we're doing this new format of episodes, so we appreciate that. So the next home brewer, this is a home brewer that we had had on, some beers from him we had had on previously, like years ago. And I also did an over-the-phone interview podcast episode with this person at that time, and that was Patrick Snyder. Now, Patrick had given us some beers to take home when we had gone and uh, visited Kelly and Kyle Norman, and I had one beer that I just 
had in the cellar and forgot about of his. So I was like, this is the time to pull it out. So this, he goes by um, Hormtown Beer Company is the name of his home brewing. And this is a beer called Throwing Stones. It's an American sour beer aged on apricots. And it was bottled in on February 4th of 2017. So this is about three and a half years old when we're drinking it. In the bottle, that is, about three and a half years. And it's 5.5% alcohol. Okay. And it's cork and caged. So let's see. Oh, I hope I don't have a problem getting the cork out. Oh, yep. I think the cork's going to be a problem. All right. I'm going to have to pause and take care of this. And I'm back. But to you guys, that took no time. Um, I ended up needing to use a wine opener to get that done. So here we go. Let's pour this. And it didn't overflow or anything, which I was very happy about, because you know we've had those problems before on the podcast. Always happy to not have that go down. All right. It's very clear. Oh, yeah. But it's also pretty orange yeah. in color. Orangish, yellowish, and very clear. Yeah, that's crazy clear. Although there might be stuff like sitting at the bottom, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Not a lot, though. There's like no bubbles, really. Like no head to it. Oh my gosh. Very apricotty. Yeah. So much apricotty. I'm glad that didn't fall out. I was worried that the fruit might fall out. Yeah. You know, you do run that risk when when you let beers sit that long. It smells good, though. There is, you know, like you get with a lot of sour beers, you kind of get that, like, lemon tart snap mm-hmm. to it in the nose. That is there. Getting, like, some floral characteristics. Okay. Yeah. I, I can see a little bit of that. It's so apricot-driven, though. Mm-hmm. It's just very rich, dark apricot smells. Hmm. Oh, it's nice and Whoa. soft. Oh, my gosh. So, initially, on the sip, I get so much tartness that just, like, hit the back of my throat. And it already starts to make a little bit of phlegm. But then it kind of backs down. And like you were saying, it becomes soft. Yeah. Hmm. And it is apricot. Like, it yeah. is apricot. Apricot in a glass, and the softness just is kind of like the fuzz on the skin of the apricot. There isn't really any bitterness to it or anything. It's like medium tartness. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say it's, yeah, medium tartness to it. Um, it tastes really good. It's weird because it has like a lot of flavor, but it's also very light and refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. The only problem is um, after enough time, it, it's not very light and refreshing just because of the phlegm yeah, that the build, sourness yeah. builds up in your mouth. Yeah. That is a very fine beer. But for the first couple sips. Yeah, I like that a lot. Mm. It's really good. That's really good. Man, that held up. Three and a half years sitting in the bottle. I hope uh, Patrick ends up hearing this. And I'm sure he was like, I'm sure if he does, he'll be like, you still had that? Yeah. I was like, why do you? Oops. If you listen to the podcast enough, you know, beers get lost in that cellar all the time. Okay, so the final one is a beer that I've talked about over years. I mean, I've talked about it here and there for 
I don't know, maybe all eight years of, of the podcast we've been doing. And I figured this is the time to break this out. And it is the first and only batch of homebrew I did. <laughs> yes, I still have a case. <laughs> we still have a case. Yes, I still have a case because I didn't like the beer that much after I made it. So this is a... So you didn't like it fresh. Right. So this is a 14 or 15-year-old pale ale. <laughs> so gross. So, yeah. Oh, I fully expect that this is not going to be good. But it could be fun for the podcast. And that's why I decided we're going to do this. Um, so, yeah, this should be interesting. Uh, I remember not liking it when I first had it. This was... The only specifics I remember about making this was that I used... Since I was new to brewing, I used the malt extract... To make it, yeah, it's not a grain brew. It's not an all-grain brew or anything. I did use the malt extract, which I don't even remember what that was. I think it was like an a, um, English pale ale malt extract. And then for the hops, I used Cascade. And I think for the aroma, I used Willamette. But everything else was just Cascade and then just Willamette at the end. I remember when I first had it, I liked the nose on it. But then the flavor was like, eh. So, yeah. So we're going to try this 14 or 15-year-old pale ale. And, uh, yeah, it's probably not going to be very good. When's the last time you had it? Was it just when you made it fresh? No, I then had some when we were moving my parents out of their old house. So I think that was like five or six years ago. So, you know. It's dark. What's a pale ale? It was like an English pale ale. So, yeah. Let's, uh... Okay. It's like reddish brown. Yeah. So, what... Yeah, I mean, it it looks like a brown ale, kind of. It's pretty dark. For... I mean, if you gave this to people, people would not be like, oh, that's a pale ale. People would be like, that's an amber, like a red ale or or a brown ale or something. I don't even know what it smells like. (laughs) <laughs> it smells like malt. It smells I, bad. Yeah, I mean, it just smells like malt. There is carbonation to it, though, which yeah. is pretty surprising after this long. Yeah, it just smells... It smells like malt and honey. Yeah. It's just like real honey-driven malt smell. I mean, you would assume, at like being a pale ale at 14 to 15 years just sitting in the bottle... There's going to be no hop character. Yeah. Like, the hop character is just done. Yeah, it just smells like malt water, basically. Well, let's go in. Oh, my God, it tastes like honey. It legitimately just, like, tastes like honey. Wow. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. There's a little bit of brown sugar to it as well. It's like honey and then brown sugar. It's real watery. Yeah, it's very watery. The The mouthfeel sucks on this beer right now. I mean, you could drink this in a pinch. If, you, just, if you didn't have any any beer and you just wanted alcohol in your body. I wonder what the ABV is. Who knows? I didn't even, I didn't even know. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't even have a clue what the ABV was when I bottled it initially. So, Did you use a blick gun? No. I don't think they existed back then either. I'm pretty sure they didn't. So, yeah, I don't want to drink more of that. It's not. But, like you said, it doesn't taste as bad as you would assume. Yeah, I thought it was going to be worse. It's still not good. It's still bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's still not good. 
still don't want to finish this. So, okay. So let's just rank the beers. Okay. Um, pretty sure I know what the last one, what number four is for both of us. Yeah, this one. But why don't you just go ahead? You can go ahead. Or if you want me to go, because I know mine. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So my number four is My Homebrew, which had no name or anything. It's old. It just tastes like honey and brown sugar. Not not a good time. My number three is going to be the Hop Haze that Peter Martins did. It's a solid beer. I like it, but that kind of, you know, the way it kind of falls off at the end, and it's just not as good as the other two beers. My number two is going to be the COVID Pills. I quite enjoy that. I mean, we're going to finish that in the Hop Haze, but I really do enjoy that COVID Pills. That's my favorite of the two. And the number one is that Hormtown Beer Company, uh, Patrick Snyder's Throwing Stones, the American Sour Beer Aged on Apricots. It's just a sour with so much apricot, and it's a lot softer than you would assume it is. So that's my ranking. Okay. Mine's a little different. So my number four is your homebrew. Sure. I'm not offended. Don't worry. I know. Rebecca looked at me like, oh, no. (laughs) No, I... I understand it's terrible. It, it wasn't just, even good back then. I just then. feel bad. When it was fresh, it wasn't very good. I told you this. Um, the number three is going to be the Hop Haze. Okay. My number two is going to be Throwing Stones. Oh, okay. And my number one is going to be the COVID Pills. Okay. Nice. Nice, nice. Well, there you go, Peter. And Patrick, if, if you listen. Um, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, if other people want to send in homebrew... Just let us know, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com, and we'll just set up more homebrew episodes and see what we can do. Uh, hopefully, we'd be able to get either four from one person or three from one person or two from one person and two from another, or however we can work it out. But we'll work it out. We'll make it happen. Was this a good time? Yeah, it was fun. It's fun to see what people can make. Yeah. I Yeah, I love it. And and it's it's especially fun because it's like, this is some person in their home. Like, that's the best part of it for me. It's it's not this person's had, uh, you know, professional beer school, and they've been brewing in, in, a, in a beer industry setting for X number of years, and they have top-of-the-line equipment, and, you know, it's DIY, basically. Yeah. And that's always, it's just cool to see what people can be creative with and, and what they can do. So thank you, Peter. Thank you, Patrick. And, uh, yeah. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. All right. So until next time. Keep it brutal. Brutal.